the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Resurrection Sunday is still in our rear view mirror, and we are focusing on Resurrection Sunday and the resurrection that Jesus' resurrection purchased for us. That's next on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. From Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward, this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Welcome to the program. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today. We're looking at verses 12 through 23, and we have a few other passages we'll focus on as well as we focus on the resurrection of Christ himself and how this purchased for us a spiritual resurrection of the believer. It's the only resurrection of the unbeliever and the glorious bodily resurrection of the believer as well. Join us for an encouraging look at Resurrection Sunday and what it has purchased for us. Something to consider 24-7, 365. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. He died that we might live. So it's really important to know that the resurrection of Christ purchased for you and me our resurrection. Ah, and I'm not talking about the resurrection on the last day. I'm talking about what is called biblically the first resurrection, Revelation chapter 24 through 11. Don't go there. Every man or woman who ever comes to a knowledge of God in a saving way by the pardon of your sins, there was grace given to you by God because of the death of Christ that raised you from the dead spiritually. Every Christian is a product of the resurrection power of Christ. Right. So now watch this. I want you to get this. When you meet men and women of faith, I mean real faith, that was a gift of God given to you. Remember the day you didn't believe and then the next day you did? According to the Bible, you were born again. Do you believe in the doctrine of rebirth? It's called regeneration, renewal of the soul. And isn't it a wonderful thing when you discover that now you are ready to agree with God? Isn't that a miracle? You go, whoa, my heart has been lined up with God because you have been awakened, aroused from the dead. You have been given spiritual life and now your eyes are open and now your heart is leaning into God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's an expression of faith. Why? Because faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, because I'm now speaking in house language, let me make it plain. Faith is that which takes God at his word and believes God for what he said he did, believes God for what he said he's doing, and believes God for saying for what he says he's going to do. That's what faith is. So when you meet men and women of faith, they simply believe that the promises of God are yes and amen in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ to be worked out through us. I want you all to get that. 
Because faith is given to you and me to be worked out so that God can be glorified in things that he did for you that no man can see. So all of a sudden, one day, here you are now having a sympathy toward God. You want to worship the one true and living God. You ready to go to church. You ready to stop clowning a little bit. Stop cussing a little bit. Stop fighting a little bit. You, you know, you a little bit. And, and you're coming around and now you start to understand the beauty of knowing God. That is being spiritually alive. Listen to what it says in the uh, book of uh, John, John chapter five, verse 25. We're going to just look at a few verses. I want to bring this home. Fundamental for some of you, but essential for all of us. The gospel of John five, verse 25. Would you listen to it? This is a resurrection concept. Here it is. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the what? That's you and me outside of Christ. Like right now in this room, there are some people who are physically alive, maybe even more healthy than most of us. Maybe even more financially prosperous than most of us. Maybe even more successful in the flesh than most of us. But you are spiritually dead. And because you are spiritually dead, you don't know this thing called faith in Christ. God has to do a work of grace by which he raises you from the dead, gives you new life. And then what emerges is the fruit of faith where you go, aha, God was telling me the truth all along. See, you and I all by nature are spiritually dead until we hear the voice of the son of God. Notice what it says, when the dead shall what? Hear the voice of the Son of God. Now, Paul said that comes in the containment and mechanism of preaching. That's what he said back in verse 12. How is it that we preach a risen Christ? Well, he's preached in order that men might hear that he rose again from the dead. And the spirit of the living God gives you the ability to believe that that happened. And then he, he, he further teaches you that the reason for which Christ died was, here it is again, for our what? And the Spirit of God gives you grace to do what? Believe that. And you're tickled pink because now you've come to discover that God has done something for you that you cannot do for yourself. I'm sorry if those of you who have been around for a long time and understand this doctrine are bored, but there's a handful of people right now who are excited about what I'm saying. They're absolutely excited about what I'm saying. Listen to me. Entrance into the kingdom of God is the gospel coming to you, not you coming to the gospel. And when the gospel gets to you, it does an operation of faith, meaning opening your heart to actually hear what God has to say. And then your soul's head starts bobbing up and down in affirmation. Yes, that's true. Yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I deserve judgment. Yes, Christ died for my sins. Yes, he was buried. Yes, he rose again on the third day. Yes, he has justified me freely from all things from which the law and the prophets would never let me go. Now I'm on a journey of learning about him who loved me and gave himself for me. Am I making some sense? You have received the spirit of adoption by which you are now crying, Abba, Father. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. And get over the fact that people don't understand it. Get over that. They didn't understand you when you was in your sin. Now, now, you know you jacked up, right? 
That's actually my, my nickname. And, and all of y'all can bear my nickname. Just call yourself jacked up, okay? <laughs> but when you know that you have a God who knows you better than you know yourself, you don't have to ever worry about God misunderstanding you. That's why Christ died for your sins. Because he understands you better than you understand yourself. And now that he has granted you grace to understand what we call spiritual life. That's why the text is quoted. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall what? You were dead. Now you are what? Alive. That's called resurrection. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. Listen to it. Ephesians 2, 5 through 8. Fundamental but necessary. The church goes to hell when it goes, gets away from the fundamentals. Because the world will distract you into all kind of other subject matters. But more frequently than not, you should be able to anchor all critical and important subject matters to the fundamentals. Like every day you got to eat. Is that right? And every day you got to rest. Do you know what we call those? Fundamentals. Because if you don't stick with the fundamentals, guess what you're going to do? You're going to die. And for Christians, every day we have to feed on God's word spiritually. And every day we have to commune with our Heavenly Father. Because if not, we're going to defeat and we're going to be in trouble. Listen to what he says. Uh, Even when we were what? Dead in sins, had God quickened us together with Christ. How are we saved? Right. Quickened is that old English term, which means to be brought to life again to be brought to life again. This is what every believer is brought to life. And the thing that you and I need to know is that we're being brought to life because Jesus was brought to life. Here's the other thing I want you to capture then. Capture this. Everything that you are, he was for you. This is what we call the doctrine of union. This is going to help you. I'm going to tie another knot. The believer is nothing outside of himself. The believer is nothing outside of himself. Now watch this. Nothing is something. This is going to come in in a moment. Nothing is something. Nothing is nothing. Because nothing is something. You and I are nothing outside of Christ. Does that make some sense? That means we're none. None. We're not good. We're not righteous. We're not just. We're not holy. We're nuns. Put some religion on it. We're a bunch of nuns. There's none righteous. There's none good. There's none that doeth good. There's none that thinks right. There's none that's holy. There's none seeking after God. That's what we were, a bunch of nothings. Am I making sense? And the one who is something came and got us who were nothing. It made something out of us because he became nothing for us. Does that make some sense? That's what we learned on Friday. He became nothing that we might become something in him. Now we're something. We're children of the living God who have experienced this internal awakening. Beautiful thing, isn't it? Beautiful thing. Watch this. Even when we were dead in sins, has he quickened us together with Christ? The proposition is laid out there in order for you to know, because he lives, you shall live also. That's John chapter 14, verse 19. Jesus made it very clear in John 14, 19, because I live, you shall live also. So There was a point in time when the gospel came to you and it changed your life. But all the gospel did was share with you past events that God had already done. Isn't that remarkable how history can have such a profound uh, profound impact in your life? 
This is what Jesus meant. Again, you got to keep up with me. Uh, John chapter 14, 19. Listen to the language. Listen to the language in John 14, 19. I want you to get this. Yet a little while and the world sees me no more. That means Jesus in his physical body is leaving this world. And he's not coming back till the last day. So from the days of the apostles till now, Jesus has been gone, has he not? And sometimes we have to try to defend the historical Jesus because Christians don't do enough work to validate for themselves that Jesus actually came in the flesh. But that's critical to his resurrection because if he didn't come in the flesh, he couldn't have died. And if he didn't die, he couldn't have risen again. So you see the thread of theology goes all the way back to eternity past. And when it's revealed to us in what is called progressive revelation, we got to get a hold of it. Do you believe that Jesus came the first time? Then he's coming the second time too. Do you believe that? In fact, that's the hope that we are looking for right there. The second coming of the Lord Jesus. Now notice what he says, but you see me and because I what? You shall live also. So the believer lives in union with Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is called Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is called Christ in you, the hope of glory. Men and women have to put up with you as a child of God because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the spiritual resurrection that comes under point number two, the spiritual resurrection of the believer. The believer has been given spiritual life. This grounds of spiritual life is such a beautiful proposition. You can find this again over in Romans chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Listen to how Paul puts it. I want to anchor it home. Why is it that I have now lived a life for 40 years of, of serving God and, and, and seeking to love him and, and seeking to promote him and impact people's lives? Uh, when when the, the nanosecond, even the picosecond before God impacted my life and invaded my soul, I had no interest in God. Why is it that there was such a magnanimous shift in my soul or the soul of you or others? Why is that? Because God invaded he invaded. Listen to the language. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all. Ah, we can stop right there. By the offense of one. Who is that one? Adam and Eve. Who are they? They are the federal head of the whole human race. This too is an important doctrine to capture because human beings, we're so hypocritical. So I'm not going to go there. I just think you agree with that. Um, you and I are sinners because our parents are sinners. Haven't y'all ever just noticed how much you act like your mama and your daddy. Scary, isn't it scary? Right. So, I mean, it's scary because there are parts of mom and daddy you don't want to be like. But like that tree, it just keeps on bearing for that mama image and that daddy image. Lord, help me not be like I'm like my mama. I'm just like my daddy. Because Kind begets kind. Every seed bearing herb bears forth fruit of its own kind. We know this biologically. We know this sociologically. We know this scientifically. We know this theologically. This is what I meant by theology is logic at the highest level. It's concurrent with reality. This is why we never abandon the Bible as our code of truth. The whole world is lying about everything. I think y'all know that by now. Don't y'all know that by now? The whole world is lying about everything. But God had already told the truth. You know what he says? Every man is a what? When you walk away from God, you don't have a plumb line of truth. Now you got to create fantasies. 
And when truth comes and hits you in the faith, it says, hey, hey, you get to wake up. And that's what resurrection power is about. Waking you and me up from the lie. The lie that I'm good. The lie that I'm right. The lie that I'm all that. That was the hardest one. Like that's the main one we struggle with, right? And God gives you grace to understand that your dignity lies not in yourself, but in Jesus, who was truly right, truly good, truly just, truly holy, truly pleasing to the Father. So you meet Christians who got a really good handle on where we are between grace and glory. And I could talk to you more about that. The reason we're happy, the reason we're joyous, the reason we continue every day is because we're not boasting about what we are. We are super happy about who we are in Christ. Like super happy that there's a God that is able to be holy and hang out with the unholy. Righteous hanging out with the unrighteous. Perfect hanging out with unperfect people. Now that tension is the way you explain to men and women that you are on what is called a resurrection curve. You are on a resurrection curve. Resurrection also is a process. I'll teach you that here in a moment. It's a process. But here's what he says. Therefore, as the offense uh, by the offense came uh, upon all men to condemnation because the wages of sin is death. We all have what? Sin and come short of his glory. Even so, by the righteousness of what? Now, again, if you are initiated into Christian doctrine, you know that as there are none good, there's only one righteous. Does anybody know his name? Sweetest name I know. And they shall, they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save them from their sins. Because from the moment he was conceived in the womb until he said, it is finished. He loved God with everything that was in him. I love to see it. Learn it. Jesus knew no sin. He did no sin. In him was no sin at all. At no time even now can anyone convince or prove that he was a sinner. He was holy, he was harmless, he was undefiled and separate from sinners in order that he might unite sinners to himself. Hallelujah to the spotless lamb of the living God. I love this story. I love this story because the way this story works is for the most part, you and I are the audience (laughs) and we play very little role in the magnanimity of the gospel. So the gospel is all about how God has brought Jesus into the world to reveal God to us. But what that revelation does is it brings you and I into the community. Does that make some sense? It brings us into the community, but it is the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ that we boast in. So men and women are products of Christ's suffering and products of his righteousness. Now watch this, the righteousness of Uh, By the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto what? Now, we say this to our folks at Grace, and they they, they reciprocate because it's good often to audibleize Scripture. Like, you can read Scripture for a long time in the quiet of your own mind, but a lot of times you won't get it until you audibleize it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It shouldn't be overdone because sometimes it can be just an empty rhetorical thing to have you responding. But in reality, your Bible was written for you to audibleize. Torah was given for the people of God to audibleize. Hear, O 
Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord and him only shall you worship. So Torah was given for the people of God to vocalize. And when you vocalize it, now you are hearing it. Now notice what the text says. It says that Jesus, who was the only righteous one, obtained for us what is called the free gift, right? Now what does that free gift do? It justifies men unto life. Y'all got that? So then watch this now. The justification of what Christ accomplished at Calvary, it is what merits resurrection life. In other words, you don't get to live this thing called spiritual life if Christ had not justified you freely by his death and by his death on the cross, affirm that he has won for us the crown rights of eternal life. You and I don't live unless the righteous one died. This is Romans 4 verse 25. I want you to capture it so we can go on. Uh, Paul put it this way in Romans 4 25. He was delivered for our what? Yeah, this is what you learned on Friday. Paradidomai. God gave Jesus up to that horrible thing that we looked at on Friday because of our offenses. You guys see that? Now notice what it says. And he was what? Resurrection. Raised again for our what? You know the only reason that the Holy Ghost hunts you down is because when Christ died for your sins, he justified you by his grace. And now the spirit of God gets to come and let you know that's exactly what he did for you when he died for you. But God has to give you life in order for you to be able to know that and appreciate it. Spiritual life then is a direct consequence of Christ's death on the cross. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's a direct, it's a direct consequence of his, of, of his death on the cross. And therefore, when you preach the death of Christ, do not fail to preach his resurrection Because his resurrection is both your life and your hope. Are you hearing me? And we are still in between. That thing we call the resurrection, because what I've just shared with you is called spiritual resurrection. You'll notice that under point number two, the spiritual resurrection of the believer. No one sees it. It's expressed predominantly by the act of faith. Now, faith is what justification merits for you because we're justified by faith, not by work. Do y'all know that? Right. So that's a that's a big that's a big issue to distinguish, child of God. Please understand this. When Christ was your substitute and he lived for you and died for you and then rose again for you, he didn't live for you, die for you and rose again for you, for you to enter in upon a set of works to co-join with his works by which you are justified. When Christ died for you, he died to put away your sins and to affirm and affect an eternal righteousness. That upon you coming to know him by faith through grace, that faith that's given to you is in order to believe what Christ did for you 2,000 years ago. Faith is not given so that you can sow it along with what Christ did and add to it some kind of human meritorious act in order for you to uh, receive or experience God's resurrecting power. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? In other words, faith is a gift that comes from the same person and the same place that gives you life. And in fact, we would argue theologically that if you have faith, you've been raised from the dead. And if you have faith, 
you having been raised from the dead is only a consequence of Jesus dying for your sins. Does that come home, children of God? Now, there's another thing that goes on. This is important in the area of what I call a resurrection experience. Because resurrection is a movement. It's just as much a movement as dying is a movement. When we sin, sin becomes a process that leads us to the grave. Is that not true? It's not just one punctiliar event. Yes, that was a powerful dynamic, but you start dying. The Bible speaks of physical death. It speaks of spiritual death. And then it speaks of eternal death. Did y'all know that? Right. So again, we deal with what is called the paradoxical language of men living, but being what? Dead. That's why Jesus said, let the dead bury the what? Now that's paradoxical unless you understand categories. Let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. That means when you don't know God by faith through Christ, you are spiritually dead. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.